on this episode of Why Watch That. Uh, Journey Smollett and Aldous Hodge are two slaves. Journey Smollett is in the house. Aldous Hodge is in the field. But Aldous Hodge escaped and he got caught. So then that journey is what led him to the beginnings of what will become the Underground Railroad. He doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know he's a werewolf (laughs) until he comes of age and things start growing. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's clarify what that is, people. The the hair, the, (laughs) the hair, the teeth, the nails. Okay. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. We're talking about TV again, uh, critic. and uh, But this time we're talking about new TV shows. Shows that have recently launched. And here's our take on the recent TV ads to this TV conglomerate. Yeah. Let's first start. And hold on to your bootstraps, everybody. Just oh, buckle in. I- Listen, I we've talked a little bit about it. I have a feeling we're going to go there. Let's start with HBO's Vinyl, which is launched and uh, created by Martin Scorsese and Mick Jagger, among others. Yeah, now this is uh, set in the 70s. It's about a record executive, and his business is in turmoil. It's about to be bought out by the Brits. The question is, does he want that to happen? Okay, now he is played by Bobby Cannavale, who's a great actor. Uh, Great last name. Yeah, and of course you get the drugs at the time, you get the costumes, you get lots of music. Um, However, the first episode, everyone, is two hours. It's a two-hour movie directed by Martin Scorsese. Of course it is. But here's the problem. What's the narrative force? What's the drive of the plot? Is it that he really doesn't want this business to be sold out? Does he want to keep it? Is it that he has a problem with his work life, his home life? Or is it just a show that has an excuse to show us the 70s. Oh, uh, I think I've seen enough of the 70s. I saw the first three hours, and, and based on the first three hours, it's just, let's do the 70s and meander through the plot. So for me, I'm bowing out. I'm bowing Ooh, out. Sorry. Oh, deuces 70s. Okay, let's go to another trippy kind of show. It's been getting a lot of buzz. It's called Baskets, and it's on FX. But And it's, it's created by Louis C.K., um, along with others. Along with Zach Galifianakis, who... Great last name. Plays the titular character. Now, this is so weird, everybody. It's like the comedy equivalent of HBO's uh, The Leftovers, which is a drama. Where you're <laughs> watching it and you go, I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't even know how this is working. It might be working for me. I don't, I'm not even sure. Uh, <laughs> Galifianakis plays a clown. Okay. 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 At the beginning of the series is in France. He's in a French clown school. Ooh, the best there is in the world. Yes, his clown name is Renoir. (laughs) And but they speak in French, of course, in France, as as they want to do. Uh, And Galifianakis doesn't know a lick of French, so he gets ignored. (laughs) (laughs) 
he he's dating this French woman. He convinces her to marry him uh, because he agrees to take her back to the States. He gets to the States. Of course, she uh, finds her way out of that relationship. But he thinks he can get a, a very important job as a clown because he's now classically trained. But he winds up in a rodeo. <laughs> Which is the bottom of the barrel. Of sure is. The rodeo proprietor says to him, um, your name is not going to be Renoir. It's going to be Baskets. Which happens <laughs> to be his last name. Uh, so, of course, he has to run away from bulls and do all of this craziness. But... Galifianakis also plays his twin brother who uh, runs a learning center and is above it all. He also is, he also thinks he's the coach of his daughter's uh, volleyball team and he's really not. So that has a whole subplot. And to put the cherry on the Sunday, Louis Anderson, who we all know spilled the shake in Coming to America. Oh, do we? (laughs) uh, Plays their mother. Okay, and so he's it's like transparent, like a g- transgender, or no. no, it's just no. The mother is just a regular mother, <laughs> but she just happens to be played by Louis Anderson. They put Louis Anderson in this little blonde wig. Uh, they put him in a, in a house dress, and he has a little bit of makeup on. That's about it. He talks like Louis Anderson. He acts like Louis Anderson. Uh, if Louis Anderson were your mother, and okay. It, it, some of the best scenes are with Louis Anderson, I've got to say. So this oh, may gosh. not work for you, but it might be worth checking out just to see the spectacle of baskets. Oh my goodness. Well, I tell you, that is, uh, I just might have to do that. Um, let's move on to ABC's The Family, starring the great Joan Allen, among other amazing actors. I love almost everything she's done, but unfortunately I haven't seen this yet. But you yeah. have. I sure have. Yes, I saw the the pilot episode. Um, Now, look, the cast is pretty strong. You have Zach Guilford, who was in Friday Night Lights on NBC. You have Allison Pill, who was in The Newsroom. Um, Rupert Graves, who was in Luther. I mean, come on. I'm sorry, Holmes. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Right, right, exactly, Sherlock. Uh, Andrew McCarthy makes a comeback here. Um, and he plays something you are not expecting. Okay, so here's okay, what Okay, give me the verdict. Here's here. what happens. Here's what happens. So the family, the, the younger son has been missing. They can't find him. Uh, they've tried to move on with their lives. Joan Allen is the matriarch. She is a politician. Uh, the husband, of course, has to deal with that. What does that mean for him? Uh, the daughter and the son, played by Allison Pill and Zach Guilford, who are left... Okay, they've moved on, and of course their younger brother being kidnapped has affected them. All of that to say that they find him, they think. The younger son comes back, and he's weird. Like, he has been changed. Um, uh, So, the detective who was trying to search for him also is looped in here. Uh, But here's the thing. They got some music issues. The music Mm. is so intrusive and, and just jarring that it makes things almost laughable. Uh, it's hard to take seriously. So when, when you know, the actor who's playing this younger brother who was kidnapped comes back, it, it really goes against his work. It makes him just look crazy, but not in a useful way. Also, they do some just stupid stuff. Like at the end of the episode, when they announce to the world, our son is back, 
uh, we're so happy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Joan Allen then uses the opportunity to say, "Oh, by the way, I'm running for governor." What? Oh, or, get or, out of here. Okay, all right. I've had or mayor or something. There's a scene with a detective and the husband in the interrogation room getting it on. Oh, get out. Okay, all right. There's mirrors. Okay, so moving on <laughs> to Showtime's Billions, starring uh, Paul Giamatti and the guy from Homeland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. So, um, Billions. Look, let me tell you something. When you when you put the great Uh-oh. Paul Giamatti in a show, and you pair him with Damian Lewis, who is the guy from Homeland, <laughs> already you have me. Now, what happens, Billions is about Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul Giamatti plays the New York DA, who's after Damian Lewis, who's this bigwig in the tech industry. Okay? And he's the billionaire. Now, he is a self-made man. So this show is a cat and mouse game. It's about who's after whom. Giamatti's chasing Damian Lewis, trying to get him on a charge. But Damian Lewis is always a step ahead. He and Damian Lewis is chasing some people who deserve to get their comeuppance. So it's when we have the two of them at loggerheads going after each other with their own subplots. Because a part of that is their wives are just as strong. So it takes a few episodes for this to settle. But once it does, it's really a nice drama. It's well executed, well acted, and the narrative drive is clear. All right, billions on Showtime. And Giamatti, watch out come awards time. He might get something. Might. Oh, you always say that. Mercy <laughs> Street on PBS. Yeah. Um, that is supposed to be our antidote. Not antidote. Um, it's supposed to be uh, something to tie us over because what Downton Abbey's gone or. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But this is this is an American production, not a British one. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Raph. I know you've seen Mercy Street. Well, okay. So Mercy Street is about this um, tough woman who plays, uh, who is a nurse, and she's w- recently widowed, and she nursed her husband as long as she could, so she gets this. Um, she yeah, gets she's this. She's the Baroness, right? They keep. She's it. the Baroness, and basically, she goes into like the heart of some of the it's it's like this cross between confederate land and also um union lands is during civil war again and the real story should be the ins and outs of this hospital taking place in a house taken over from a family who is a confederate family helping the union against their will but sometimes with their will yeah it sounds interesting it, it does is- Oh, whoa, I'll just let you take it from there. I completely agree. Look, let me tell you something, okay? This whole thing with her trying to find a room, because she enters as a nurse, she's an outsider, they don't want her there. She's trying to find a room. I don't care about her trying to find a room. We got guys bleeding out on cops here. We got got ex-slaves who've escaped a captivity. And then they, they throw in, of course, what happens with slave women and some white men that's thrown in but then it's cheapened i'm sorry it's just too lightweight it's light in the pants what's next well you know what let's cut let's make a contrast with underground on wgn yeah now and that this is created by john legend yes the singer john yeah produced that mm -hmm. he produced it and he was one of the he was on the creative team 
Yes. Now, this is actually this. The premiere was the biggest premiere for WGN in history. Uh, just to throw that out. Now, Aldous Hodge is starring in it. He was in Straight Outta Compton. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was uh, he was MC Wren in Straight Outta Compton. Journey Smollett Bell is in it. Uh, yeah. And we've known her since she was a child actor. Uh, her brother's on Empire. Justice right. Smollett. Christopher Maloney is on it. From, Christopher uh, Maloney. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And you don't know what he's about. His character It's very interesting. What they do to him, uh, Michael T. Williamson, etc. Okay, et what's the premise? Okay, this is about the Underground Railroad. That's what it's about. So we start on the plantation. Uh, Journey Smollett and Aldous Hodge are two slaves. Journey Smollett is in the house. Aldous Hodge is in the field. But Aldous Hodge escaped and he got caught. So then it, that journey is what led him to the beginnings of what will become the Underground Railroad. He doesn't know that yet. And he enlists the, his fellow slaves in that. Now, there are some slaves who are overseers. Okay, so they're obstacles not only from white people, but also yeah. from black people. Mm. And this, unlike Mercy Street, is not lighting its pants. They use some contemporary music. They really start out strong, and they are serious about giving us an experience. So just based on the first uh, episode, I want to see the next one. It, it's nothing new, but it does feel kind of new for TV. It feels it, fresh. It's definitely a different perspective on like slave-like movies, right? Because it's yeah. from the perspective of escaping slaves rather than those who are staying. Well, wow, we have a great start to um, what's going on TV. Great, and some not so great. Some we will yeah. watch continuously, and some we will just go ahead and let others watch. But all <laughs> in all... TV never gives us a shortage of something to watch. So it's no secret. We here at Why Watch That know a lot of stuff. I mean, we could be on Jeopardy and clean up when it comes to TV and films. So what we're going to do is we're going to offer a little trivia for our listeners to see if you knew what you were watching. Critic starts. Yeah, and this is called Did You Know? Did you know it? Do you know where you're going to? Anyway. (laughs) So, did you know this? There is a well-known TV actor who had a bit part in one of my favorite films, Spike Lee's Malcolm X. And he is one of the characters who says, Get your hand out of my pocket! Wait a minute. I don't know. Give me a moment to think about it. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Okay, right, we're so. back to Did You Know? And I've been thinking for a while now, uh, wasn't it, was it, was it the guy who was in, um, uh, School Days? The light skinned guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, no, it's not him. It's not him. Okay, well, who is it? It is the great Wendell Pierce. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Wendell Pierce is coming up on HBO's uh, movie about... Uh, right. Clarence Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Clarence Thomas. Yeah, it's called it's called confirmation. That's right. He's playing Clarence Thomas, and uh, Carrie Washington is playing uh, Anita Hill. So wow. yes, well that's that's some great trivia. I did not know that. That's well, right. And Wendell was in The Wire. He was in Treme. He was in Waiting to Exhale. Remember that? And he's also in Suits right now. <laughs> okay, get Thank your hand out of my pocket. Back to why watch that. Hey, folks, it is no secret. March is the month of women's history month? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not really. We are going to celebrate March Madness. Ah! Ah, yeah. Okay. So we know this is this is college basketball, right? Basic. Well, not all the movies are about college basketball, but March Madness, in case you don't know, is the reason why it's called Madness is because all of the college college's basketball teams are going head to head to see who's the best. Well, we thought we would celebrate some of the best or maybe not so much the best <laughs> TV and film movies about um, basketball. So yeah. uh, we'll just kind of go down the line. I want to start with one of my favorite, favorite um, movies. It's in my top 10 movies. It's called Finding Forrester. Top 10 all time? Uh, top 10 sport movies. Okay. And um, Finding Forrester is starring a very unlikely duo. If you've ever listened to um, some of our previous podcasts, you'll know that we talked about Finding Forrester quite a bit. It stars Sean Connolly, yes, James Bond. And a very new, young Rob Brown, who is always starring in some basketball movie. If there's a basketball movie, can temporarily Rob Brown is in it. <laughs> That's true. But now he's and, in blind spot on TV, so he's, he's escaped uh, basketball. <laughs> okay, he's escaped basketball. Gus Van Sant is the director, and it's basically about this a brilliant literature, um, this author, who secludes himself and... Um, doesn't even leave his house and doesn't talk to anyone, but finds a respite in this young black <laughs> black um, inner city kid who gets a scholarship to a school to play basketball, and he's not just a, a good sport. He doesn't just play basketball well. He's also actually a genius when it comes to writing. And right. so both of them, they help each other through... Um, Mm-hmm. becoming great writers and then him becoming uh Sean Connery's character becoming more uh connected with society. So yes. it's good it's a good feel good movie. Also some great basketball scenes. Anna Paquin's also in it. It's just it's such a <laughs> in fact F Murray Abraham I was waiting. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. F Murray Abraham look Salieri from Amadeus. You better look you better check it. He Homeland. Okay. F. Murray Abraham is a professor of Jamal's, that's Rob Brown's character, who suspects him of plagiarism. Of course, of Uh-oh. course, there's something Uh-oh. sinister. Uh, there's also Anna Paquin and Busta Rhymes is in this, don't forget. Who gives an amazing performance. But anyway, that's Finding Forrester. Yeah, uh, I have to say I'm not the biggest fan of it, but okay. Uh, Moving on! <laughs> next, I'm going to, I'm going to Teen Wolf. You know what, I'm going completely oh. in another direction. I love Teen Wolf. Now, if you yeah. haven't seen Teen Wolf, what have you been doing? Where have you been? This stars, of course, Michael J. Fox. Yes. As the titular character. He doesn't know he's a werewolf. 
<laughs> until he comes of age and things start growing. <laughs> okay. Well, now, let's clarify what that is, people. The, the hair, the, <laughs> the hair, the teeth, the nails. Okay. And he's, you know, he's this kind of nerdy guy. He has a best friend who, you know, is really up for a good time at all times. And he wants, he wants to be a great basketball player, but he's better as the wolf than as the human. And when it he, comes to basketball. When it comes to basketball. And he also is, you know, wants this beautiful, you know, girl at the school, at the high school and all of that. So you get those familiar storylines going. Um, but this is just so much fun to watch. Um, it, not just from a basketball sense when he's doing his craziness on the court, but also just as a comedy. I mean, just as a comedy. Uh, it's... Which, Really good acting, actually. <laughs> really, it really is. It's of course an eighties. Uh, is it classic or cult classic? Do you think it's right. a cult classic? Because mm-hmm. the, the critics actually slammed it. They did not like it, but they went on to make a uh, sequels to Teen Wolf's and also a TV series on it. They sure so did. That's a, that's a Good choice. I'm going to go with um, White Men Can't Jump. Oh, <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> now, this Isn't this about Jeopardy? <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Funny enough, both of the previous uh, movies that we've mentioned took place on a basketball court in a formalized way. White Men Can't Jump is about street ball. Yeah. And um, Hust- white. Yeah, hustling. And it's a known fact um, among people, especially in this movie, that white men can't jump. So when Wesley Snipes, who plays the ultimate street hustler and ultimate b-baller, meets Woody Harrelson, who uh, plays this sort of um, unassumingly... uh, unassuming white man and gets hustled by by Wesley Snipes, uh uh-oh, I think a team is about to form... Uh, it's wonderful basketball scenes. Um, as far as the tricks of basketball, all of the things that you would find in street ball, um, this movie has it. But it is not just um, a movie floating in the clouds. It actually has some dramatic depth, especially played by Rosie Perez, yeah. who is at the same time, she's comical and extremely dramatic. She plays this kind of... Um, Un, you wouldn't assume both her. She's in relationship with Woody Harrelson, and you wouldn't assume that she has the type of brain power that she has. Well, she is going on Jeopardy, and she, in her mind, is going to win. Yeah, she's like studying the encyclopedia or something, or the dictionary, going through alphabetically to yeah. prepare. Yeah, and don't forget um, the wife of Wesley Snipes. Now, oh shoot, Tyra Farrell. That's right. Mm-hmm. Who flicked the cigarette in <laughs> Boys in the Hood? Okay. <laughs> And showed up in Empire as well, and then turned around and saw a corpse. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget her too. When she said, "Look, there ain't no vistas and there ain't no views." Okay, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and you know they hustle each other. The women are strong as well, and they didn't have to be. It's so, a good basketball movie. Yeah. It really is. I, I love it. Um, let's move on to Space Jam. Oh, geez. You know, you you like to bring up the the stuff that people think of and go, yeah, that's a really wonderful basketball movie. Oh, I like critic. to go. I like to go in another direction. Now, Space Jam is uh, Michael Jordan. Everybody, yeah. uh, acting with cartoons uh, and Bill Murray, and, <laughs> right? And, and look, Wayne Knight Newman from uh, Seinfeld, and uh, so he's in there too. Uh, Danny DeVito's in it. All of that to say this. 
they call this a live action animated sports comedy film. The comedy is intentional and unintentional. Michael Aww. Jordan, Michael Jordan has no business acting. He knows that. We all know this. It's really uh, hard to watch. If you're trying to take it seriously, uh, you just laugh at it. Uh, they do have a lot of other players of the time in the movie. Uh, but you do get Bugs Bunny. You know, you get that Looney Tunes stuff on the court. So it, it's really better for kids, I would say. And That's- also you get Michael Jackson's jam. That's right. Uh, so, you know, this might be a movie that some people want to forget. But here at Why Watch That, we won't let it go. You know what? Oh, well, I'm going to move on and go to a little a romantic uh, love and basketball, which is your favorite knot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> love and basketball of the movies that we've named, it's the only romantic um, movie dealing with basketball. It's about these two amazing um, basketball players who, one's a male, and that's, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Omar. 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 Yeah. Omar Epps, and the female is uh, played by Sanai Lathan, and both of them are next door neighbors. Each of them having their problems, best friends, and they go off to college basketball. And there's some great scenes, mind you, women's basketball and men's basketball. Um, and they sort of come together in a way. I don't want to ruin the movie. They come in and out of each other's lives, and you see at the end. Um, where you would think you'll you'll be surprised at whose career really takes off. I'll just say yeah. that. Much. Look for this. The back and forth between them and that relationship were enough to just make me want to drink. Okay, so uh, well then whatever. go drink because if you <laughs> want a nice love story with basketball at its theme, check out Love and Basketball. Well, that wraps it up for our March Madness. Oh, March what a movie! Mad for t- <laughs> Well, you just talked about space jams. Get out! Dark <laughs> uh, Madness um, is is definitely something worth watching, and we think these movies are also worth watching too. And now, the pick of the week. This week for our pick of the week, we have a transplant from over the pond called Prey on BBC America. It's in its second season, and the critic has a couple things to say about it. Let me tell you something. So this started uh, a few years ago in Great Britain, but we're finally getting it here in, in the States, as the ref said, airing only on BBC America. Now, the first season and the second season each contained three episodes. That's right, just three. And I didn't know this ref going in. So I was like, wait a minute, is that the end? <laughs> and that was the first season. So what they're going to do since the first season is over, uh, sometime soon, they're going to show the full second season, all three episodes back to back to back. Oh, well done. So what you can do, if you have BBC America, you can actually uh, watch it on demand or online. So I would suggest that... What is it about? Let me get into that. Here's why. So the first season, this is what I've seen, is about a detective who, a good detective, right? He's a husband, he has two kids, uh, but he and his wife are estranged. His wife and one of his sons winds up dead. <gasps> okay? Now, we know that he didn't do it. 
but they accuse him of it and they're coming after him. They so actually, he has to clear his name. He has to. He's in custody at the beginning. We don't know why, but he escapes. So that's where it starts. And then you get the backstory. Now, this is nothing new narratively, but the force is with us here. The plot is being driven clearly. We know what this is about and it's executed really well. So if you like this kind of story, this kind of, okay, I need to clear my name. Great. And the through line between these two seasons is the detective who's after him, but eventually learns something. Okay. She's She's played by Rosie Cavaliero. And so she shows up in both, and she has some problems of her own. Okay, she got some problems of her own. But the actor who plays the the detective in question is John Sim, um, and he was actually in BBC America's Intruders before. So there oh. you go. Okay, sounds good. We'll have to check it out. Dynamic Network offers podcasts that have something for everyone. Our conversations feature experts who not only inform, but also engage. Interested in sports or entertainment? We got you covered. What about business, current news, pop culture, and politics? No problem. We take care of it all. Check out Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com, where every day brings a new perspective. Again, that's Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com. Also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.